Hey, this is Raul Ramirez of the Catch Wrestling Alliance, where we help you to elevate your grappling, and then together we keep real wrestling alive. Thank you very much for listening or watching on our YouTube channel or Twitch or listening to basically wherever um, you know podcasts are available. I think we should be there, maybe, I hope. Um, but... Anyway, so we got some cool news coming up. So we're pretty much close to solidifying the next uh, catch wrestling event. So um, it'll probably be the end of September or the right at the beginning of October. Um, just uh, scheduling that right now. But yeah, we should have several matches. Uh, so don't know the matches yet. Or we don't know like the like the names of, of people who are going to be competing yet. Uh, but at least we're getting the date set and the venue and all that. So uh, that should be coming up like, you know, within a few weeks, really, because it's already like the end of August. So uh, giving people about a month to prepare and then uh, the matches should be like pretty good. And I think we should be having uh, everything still up in the air, but we should have some people that you've who've competed before uh, men's matches and women's matches. Uh, so uh, should be pretty exciting. People who have been training for a little while now, who've been wanting to compete. So that should be great. And uh, the other thing is like, so right now, um, we're, if anybody wants to train, if anybody's in LA, the LA area, uh, feel free to come train. We're always at Fight Science MMA. Uh, our UCLA class is uh, on summer break right now. So that's going to start also around the end of September. That's when they go back to school. So um, so they have a few weeks off and then uh, we'll be back at UCLA for our catch wrestling program as well as our uh, kickboxing. And this time we're going to be adding um, the uh, Chinese wrestling. So the Chinese they call it traditional Chinese wrestling. Uh, it's where they wear like a vest, like a jacket. Uh, but in a way, um, like I personally don't, or I, I like to call it traditional Chinese jacket wrestling because China is such a large country and they have different, uh, like different ethnic groups or different, actually like native tribes and stuff that are nations that uh, have their own wrestling traditions and they don't all involve uh, the jackets, and they don't all end when you take someone down. Uh, there's a wide variety. So, like, um, I don't know if anybody saw. So, it, several years, right before COVID, I was in southern China, uh, closer to Vietnam, and I was uh, competing in their wrestling tournaments. And so then the native people in the Yunnan province, their traditional wrestling is a lot closer to freestyle wrestling so they um um so it's not just you don't wrestle to just take someone down you wrestle take someone down uh, and try to pin them all right they don't have submissions in that style but uh it's still a continuous style which i i prefer over freestyle since they're always blowing the whistle there's all these different stand-up things and points and all that so at least uh the traditional style of the e people um, in that in that region, it's continuous. So um, anyway, so that's why uh, you know I, I usually like to clarify traditional Chinese jacket wrestling. So uh, they asked if I could. Uh, it seems like there's interest, and so they asked if I could teach that style. So along with the catch wrestling, we'll be introducing that. So hopefully that is successful. Um, 
but we'll see. So you'll probably see some highlights, have some highlight videos from there. All right. So um, first things first, we already have a comment from Kareem Davis Films. Thank you for watching. And he said, thank you for your videos. Very helpful. Uh, greetings from Ireland. Oh, yeah. No, awesome. I'm sure you're in a very beautiful location right now. I, I, I've only stopped in the airport um, in Ireland uh, on the way to Wigan and but yeah, the even from the even from the windows in the airport everything just looked beautiful so um, hopefully you're in a very beautiful part of Ireland right now. All right okay so let's go ahead and get to uh, the main things because I've been thinking about this you know you've seen us talk about um, some of the sumo competitions like the, the pro sumo in Japan. Uh, and kind of highlighted some of the wrestlers and some of the moves. Uh, so I kind of wanted to uh, like put together some of the main takeaways from sumo that I think are valuable for people who are doing not only catch wrestling, but all types of wrestling, uh, you know, regardless if it's like jujitsu or whatever. Um, so something you can kind of take away that maybe could help you. So this could be a little bit of a, uh, technique, a little bit of a strategy thing, and a little bit of mindset. Um, so these are the three main takeaways. So we'll go over that like right now. Okay. So, uh, but feel free to make comments and or let me know your observations or whatever. Uh, totally fine. So these are these are at least three main takeaways in my opinion. Right. So number one, purely technical. Right. So it is the importance of having a good stance. Right, so your stance is of utmost important importance, right? So in sumo, of course, they're always you're always seeing them work on their stance, or then even doing those big like leg raises and all that, or like keeping a squatted stance and uh, pushing across the across the it's called like the dojo, their stage. Um, so the main thing, so I know this sounds like like very very simple, but it's it's going to pay dividends. So not in not only just like when you're standing or trying to get a takedown, or uh, but also when you are like say if you've taken them down and you're on top of the person, right? If you're like say too leaning too far over their body, they can easily roll you forward. Or if maybe um, uh, if you're too far back, then they can they can overcome you and like. Uh, go on top of you, reverse you so in certain ways. So um, the stance, whether it be like the footwork when you're standing up or when you're actually back onto the mat is something that you really want to pay attention to because then you'll it'll help prevent you from uh, finding yourself in like difficult situations to escape from, right? So it's always, you know, like, Say in catch wrestling, it'll be more of a staggered stance. Also, actually in sumo wrestling too, it's like they they will start like a little bit more square, like uh, like American football players when they're uh, kind of squatting and they're right about to uh, try to hit each other. Um, it'll kind of start off like that, but then instantly it'll switch to a staggered stance. So you have like one leg forward, one leg back, and then you can try to maneuver the other person, or you can try to maneuver around the other person. So uh, it's always about keeping a good balance where you're not leaning too far forward, not leaning too far back. So you can't get uh, pushed around or pulled around easily. Right. So then the same thing applies for when you're uh, 
on the on the mat over them, right? Okay, so that was a pretty simple one, but now let's get to this, the second point that I I think is very important or very important lessons to, to learn from sumo wrestling. Uh, number two, decisiveness, right? So these the vast majority of sumo matches last less than well, probably even like 30 seconds, but definitely less than a minute, right? So the main thing is, is, is they're not just like slamming into each other and then seeing if someone falls down or pushing someone out. Right. So the main thing is, is like once you actually make that initial contact, then you have to follow through with whatever decision you make based on the information that uh, they're giving you. Right. So you, you uh, chances are they're going to try to disorient you. Right. At least in promo and pro sumo, uh, they're going to be slapping your face, really trying to hit you to get you upright. Uh, all the stuff is part of that whole decisiveness thing, like how how are you going to approach the match? And once you make a decision, you have to follow through, right? So sometimes you might lose or whatever, but the main thing is that like that when you see these people in, in sumo wrestling, since the match is so short, you see the outcomes of these decisions. But chances are, if you're more passive, then you're just going to get pushed out or thrown or whatever. So you have to work on that that defense and offense at the same time and just follow through with whatever kind of comes to you. So one of the main things that are the main quotes that I usually try to tell my students is is uh, one from the legendary catch wrestling coach Billy Riley uh, from Wigan, right? So the his gym was originally called like a, was it Riley's gym of physical culture? Uh, in Wigan. And uh, the quote from him is that like, uh, if you're in a match and you think of doing some move, then it's already too late to do that move, right? So uh, if you're, if you're uh, feeling, you're in there and you're not just moving, you're not reacting, then chances are your opponent has the opportunity to counter you, throw you down, push you out, whatever, right? So uh, how do you get better at being decisive? A lot of times it's just focusing on like the fundamental moves, the basics. So in catch wrestling, of course, you know, like all the mat wrestling stuff, the sit outs, the sit throughs, the, um, uh, the different, you know, like say like we like to call it the far elbow or like it has all these kinds of names and, and, um, in the United States. Right. So sometimes people call it like the side roll or all these all these these like fundamental moves you have to really be proficient at that and also the, the other idea of staying off your back so once you kind of put these um these or once you've kind of like ingrained these ideas these fundamental uh, ways of doing catch wrestling into your body then it becomes a little bit easier, or at least you'll have kind of parameters where if you're in a match, you you know where not to go, right? You know to not go onto your back. You'll know that if they get you in a headlock and pull you down, you can do a sit-through, or if they, uh, if they get behind you on the mat, then you can usually sit out or whatever. So um, it's not just uh, trying to resist them with all your might and trying to um, like be turtled up or, you know, like, you know, your head down and in, in, like in your hands and stuff like that. Um, 
that is like like that's not <laughs> the decisions you want to be making in a match but uh the whole thing about decisiveness yeah you have to have kind of like some foundational uh or some foundation of knowledge in the style and then you can make better decisions when you're in a match yeah, so that's that's the whole idea of decisiveness but like so like in sumo wrestling you're gonna see like uh they even kind of break up the wrestlers into different categories like some they call like pusher thrusters like so the the guys who they they've already decided like when i enter the match i'm going to like be uh, slapping your face pushing you back trying to push you out because of course that's one way to win uh then there'll be the guys who want to grab your belt and throw you um so th these these are kind of like the two main camps in sumo so at least they've already made that decision like they found out what was good what worked better for them or what they're better at and then they, so they already have like that that framework right so uh, they're going to then build and work from there so they'll, they'll start and then they'll try to implement their their game plan and depending on how the other person reacts you know then they're just going to try to execute to the best of their ability but not like they're not going to be waiting around like because they, they really don't have that that time because they're the circle uh in their 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 ring is very very small and they're actually usually pretty large guys so uh if, if they get pushed around too much they're just going to be pushed out so you have to be decisive on getting your grips or you know getting your hands in their face right to to push them away or to even like even slap them and sometimes they get knocked out so um you got to be decisive right so even if you know you they're uh, they're implementing their game plan and getting the better of you you're you have to be decisive and follow through with your counters otherwise yeah you'll you'll lose um in in catch wrestling we you know since we either have like a 20 minute time limit or or traditionally how they didn't have time limits you can kind of uh uh linger a little bit um so you can kind of maybe try to like use the whole strategy of getting them tired and all that that's that's part of catch wrestling but still that would still be part of the decisiveness because you just you would know to how to counter and how to not get pinned and stuff so that you can then implement that whole idea of getting someone tired uh, so that you can beat them later so all that stuff is under that decisiveness thing so it's like you've you've gotten the information and you quickly just go with kind of like that gut reaction and you follow through with it so that's something that you can see uh, a lot in sumo wrestling and i think it's something that you can take for your improvement in grappling or whatever kind of wrestling or whatever you know grappling you do all right so the next one all right a loss isn't the end of the world all right so this is one of my favorite things about sumo wrestling is so like um uh maybe you'll see like i'll say like in pro mma right so uh one fighter won't necessarily fight many times in a year uh maybe they'll fight you know like twice maybe three times um depending on like the promotion and stuff like that so for many reasons right like uh you know they, they can get concussions and all that so they would need extra time to heal and whatnot but 
either way, you're not necessarily seeing them competing all the time. But in professional sumo wrestling, each event is actually uh, 15 days long. So every wrestler has one match every day. So the, the way they, they get a winner is whoever has the winningest record at the end of the tournament. So there's, it's not necessarily like a tournament where it's like you, you, people get knocked out and then they all work to have like a, a final, like a, what, like we just had the world cup or whatever, where it's like, everyone's trying to get to the semifinals and finals. It's not exactly like that. It's whoever wins the most. So you can go in and maybe lose a couple matches and still win the whole thing. Uh, so in that way, it's like, it just helps you to realize that it's like, uh, you might lose today, but you still got to be competing tomorrow. So you got to try to move on or try to not let one loss or a couple losses be like, like the end of the world to you. And I think that's like a very, very important lesson that like really everyone needs to know, especially if you're competing, right? Cause uh, one loss isn't the end of the world and you have another match tomorrow. And then say like in grappling too, since uh, you, you don't really have to experience like all the head trauma as, as a lot of the striking arts and stuff. So uh, you can be competing. And uh, if you compete in say like a jujitsu tournament and you don't win, um, you know, just think, just try to think of it as like, um, that's how you were that day. And so many things go into how you perform in a, you know, one specific day. Right. So, uh, don't make it like your whole identity. Like don't let it, don't let it bring you down basically, because so many things go into like your win or loss that day. Anything can kind of, can kind of throw you off. So, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up really. Cause you got, you can always compete again. And in sumo, you have to uh, do the 15 days. I mean, you can pull out like if you get injured or whatever, but um, most of them will complete the 15 days. And I, I really think that's, that's pretty awesome because um, you'll have like competitors who they'll have a record against each other, right? So say if you have two competitors, chances are if they've been uh, – in the, in the pros for a few years, then they would have uh, faced the same person several times and then they'll have a record of like wins and losses against each other. And so say if you've lost to somebody, you know, it can give you motivation to uh, come back and figure them out to try to beat them. So you like, you know, so main thing is one loss is not the end of the world. It's absolutely not the end of the world. So I think there's one of the greatest things that you will see from sumo. So even um, the guy I put as the thumbnail, uh, the, the sumo wrestler holding the big cup, it's called the Emperor's Cup, but when you win the tournament, um, his name is Haku, or his, his fighting name is Hakuho. Um, he's this Mongolian wrestler. He's actually the greatest sumo wrestler of all time. He's like the winningest guy. He's, uh, but he has several losses. So like, don't feel like you have to be perfect. All right. And so he's, he's lost to some of the, you know, the most random people. All right. So, um, you know, just, uh, don't, don't like, don't be so hard on yourself. Right. All right. So those are the kind of like the main three. Let's go, let me go ahead and just like recap real quick. So first one, importance of having a good stance, right? So it's going to be, it's going to go a long way for, um, you know, whether you get 
thrown or, or not, right? So stance, super important. The second one, decisiveness. Try to get your like your fundamental moves uh, so ingrained in you so that like when you actually uh, encounter someone, when they're trying to attack you, your like your muscle reaction would probably be a better like educated uh, move or a better educated counter to however they're attacking or whatever. So that's part of the decisiveness. Right? So it's not just moving, but moving intelligently without having to think about it too much. Then number three, a loss isn't the end of the world. Uh, that's why, like, that's why I really enjoy watching sumo because also too, it's like because the the tournaments are so long, you actually get to see like some of your favorite people, uh, like like battling like many many times. Say unlike pro MMA, where it's like you'll see your your favorite fighter fight maybe once or twice a year or something like that. Um, in sumo, even though like I'm sure they get a lot of like brain damage or like uh, hitting a lot of you know they they hit their heads a lot where the the initial slam and then if you're up against someone who's like a pusher thruster they're always like thrusting their palms into your face and stuff like that so um, I'm sure they take they can take a lot of uh, damage to their to their brain or whatever but um, they're competing a lot so. Anyway, they, you can build up all this in, in a way, kind of like stories behind these people that you might like, uh, the drama behind behind all their um, like their training and how like maybe they they were kind of more of a losing fighter and then they come back you know years later and stuff like that where uh, there's, there can be a lot of drama in that way. So it's it's really enjoyable to watch. You know, of course, I don't want anybody to have like brain trauma or whatever, but. Um, you know the sport's still going to be there, and I and I think it's really interesting. So hopefully you can learn something from it because I think it's exciting, personally. All right, let's go ahead and get to some of the the questions or the comments. Oh, Kareem Davis, I must leave now, but thank you for the valuable information and insight into sumo. Don't know much about it. So nice to hear a catch wrestler's perspective. I look forward to more. Blessed day to you. Yeah, blessed day to you too. Dumb username, you cut the live stream. Hey, yeah, thanks. Let me see. Uh, um, let me see. So Japan was really promoting sumo in the media the past few years. Yeah, it could be kind of like a, something to show, like maybe some of their uh, traditional stuff because like it's exciting. So they really, um, they really should promote it. It is very popular though already i mean a lot of times in the events like the all the stands are packed with people i, I personally would like to like, go watch some matches live one day all right oh so the latest baki manga was about sumo all right might as well check that one. we can check that one out and then uh we can break down some of the techniques from there oh is that a is that also animated yet if it is, that'd be that'd be cool because we can show you the moves and then break them down. All right. Once you know the the rules of sumo, or once you know the rules, sumo becomes interesting. Yes. So it is very simple. <laughs> like either you push the person out of the ring or you throw them down. Or basically, if if any part of their body besides the bottoms of your feet touch the ground, you lost. 
right? So it is one of these kind of throw down or push out wrestling styles, but quite often you'll see them use um, the, the, what I call the quarter Nelson, right? So the quarter Nelson technique. So like if someone's rushing in uh, and they're trying to like grab around your waist, maybe throw you down what the, what the, the way the person uses like the standing quarter or yeah, the standing quarter Nelson would be, they get the overhook, right? And then they push the person's head down. And so you, they get that quarter Nelson, that figure, I don't know if it's, you get that figure four position and they've, they've thrown people. It's so cool. So that's one of the things where uh, I kind of consider like the part of the decisiveness aspect. Uh, the quarter Nelson, in my in my opinion, I really like it. I use it to great effect and even in, you know, in jujitsu sparring and stuff. So uh, I teach it to the our like my students here at Fight Science MMA and also UCLA. Uh, is it's such a cool move. Of course, you know everything you got to practice it so that it becomes part of like your muscle memory, so it can be a good decision. Like once someone comes around side of you and you can get that overhook and you can uh, roll them over. It's pretty awesome because yeah, basically it's like once you get the position and you follow through. Um, and you you know you've, you've you've caught them off guard they'll they'll get tossed so like in sumo you'll see like these massive dudes just getting tossed with the with the quarter nelson and i'm sure they're not calling it that but it's i forgot oh actually they do have a name for it in japanese it's not the not whatever they might call it in judo right so they have different names and um uh, i'll try to look it up Let me see. So uh, the anime doesn't do it justice. The manga is better. Yeah, always, right? <laughs> we'll check it out there. If sumo had weight classes, it'd be more popular. I think. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. And also the the other thing though too is like, um, and if if they had women doing it too, you know, then because uh, there's there's already like women who want to do it, but that's the unfortunate thing. I believe that like through tradition, like they don't even allow women on to, to touch the stage, which is unfortunate. They got to, you know, they got to make it more like, say like if you're thinking about like an, being an Olympic sport and stuff like that, one of the criteria is to become an Olympic sport is that men and women do the, the matches. So you got to be more inclusive. So you can have weight divisions and it will in international amateur sumo competition, uh, they do have weight divisions, and so I competed in um, in 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 the United States Sumo Open, and, um, and but they're quite large weight division. I think it's like 30, 20 or thirty pound weight division. So um, you'll have you know you'll still be you know if you're the smaller guy in your division, you'll be going up against much larger people. Um, but still, yeah, they have international like amateur competition and that those will be um you know like the like the, so they're popular enough and uh you know maybe they can elevate some of the even smaller guys you know so uh yeah they could they could try they could try uh thoughts on karate okay, let me see Takero, man. That's on karate not being in the Olympics. Um, yeah, that, that's the one thing about like these combat sports. 
um, uh, they'll uh, that one of the main excuses is uh, from the Olympic Committee is that like oh we have Taekwondo or we have boxing and uh, so uh, it's going to be harder for the striking arts to get in because I know say like China wanted to get the the what's it called like sanda in right so the 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 chinese kickboxing that i like um they they they've been want they wanted to get it in i think especially like uh was it around the the olympics the, the beijing olympics that they had but i think it was just an exhibition sport and unfortunately it's like uh they they do have world competition for sanda like they have, they have the world championships they have regional championships and all that uh, so it's all there all the structures in place you know people around the world do it men and women and all that uh but you know the uh, you know then pretty soon the olympics can be saturated with uh, all these kickboxing styles and uh, so they usually try to shy away from having too much yeah, yeah yeah so yeah we have we have karate combat now so uh you can maybe watch that CJ, love me some sumo. Yeah, me too. The I'm sure the next tournament should be coming up within the next few weeks. So, is any do you, do you know enough of the wrestlers to predict who who might who might take it this time? Any good books about the history of history of catch wrestling and how it got merged with jujitsu and luta libre? um well the main history book um you know of course is the one that came out of wigan about the 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 main coach billy riley you should probably check that out because it kind of gives you a lot of the the like main wrestlers that are never spoken about unless you actually know about them like are you training wigan and stuff uh, that's always really good um but um it's it, catch wrestling didn't necessarily merge with jujitsu or luta libre. So the people who did, who brought luta, or who you know to Brazil, uh, you know they had like it sounds like they had a varied uh, background in grappling, and uh, and wrestling and stuff. So they kind of put that together, uh, and so that's why like nowadays if you see luta, you know many are trying to uh, uh, connect it to catch wrestling. Uh, but the, a lot of the modern people are doing like basically just like modern no-gi grappling. So, uh, you know, totally disregarding the pin and all that. So, uh, it doesn't really look like catch wrestling. Um, it is, it is disappointing that sumo is sort of seen as a joke in the West. Yeah. I think uh, kind of going back to your earlier post about like you know once you know the rules it's really interesting yeah like not only the rules but once you know like the structure of their tournaments like the the 15 day tournament is really cool it really brings up the the drama right it's like who's gonna who's gonna like say if someone's starting off really strong like winning every match doesn't mean that they're gonna like be perfect the whole time and win every all 15 matches and take it no, a lot of times, like they might start strong, and then you know the fatigue can can make them lose, or all, all different all different things can make it lose can make you lose. So uh, it's also like 
that's part of the drama because it is so easy to lose in sumo or say like if someone starts off losing a couple matches they might rally and uh win every every following match so then they end up winning the whole tournament and stuff like that like it, it's, it makes it really exciting to watch hopefully the netflix sumo show uh, will bring more interest let me know what that's called though too and i'll try to check it out gotta go we'll watch and comment later all the best and thanks for keeping real wrestling alive yeah thank you cj thank you for uh, watching and commenting it's all appreciated The Billy Riley book, uh, you refer, yeah, the man, the legacy. So that that one, um, that one actually mentioned me. So, so I'm in the history books, which is which is a huge honor. Uh, but yeah, that one's on like Amazon and all that. Um, the sumo show is called Sanctuary. Okay, cool. Thank you. We'll check that out, and also check out the the manga anime. But if there is some cool thing that they animated, so any any video, or maybe yeah, I don't I don't know if like maybe we can even show like a still image from a manga of it, then um, they can do some breakdowns on that. So yeah, I'll I'll check that out too because you know I like I like sumo wrestling. <laughs> All right, so uh, did you learn anything from from our little talk today? Hopefully, I think uh, you know the main three points kind of brought it like broke it down thinking about it for a while and those are some of the three main points that um that i could think of that could possibly help you in your grappling you know it's like you have like the technical stuff good stance doesn't let you get pulled or pushed or thrown around easily uh, and can be applied on the ground on the mat um you know if you're over your person too much they can roll you forward if you're too far back away from them they can push you backwards um uh and so the other thing would be like the decisiveness right so once you have once you have built up a good foundation understanding of the principles of catch wrestling uh then you'll know like you'll have these parameters that will keep you uh kind of it, it, it'll kind of uh, be your 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 like your guard like yeah your uh, your north your north star or uh, guide you through a match and and so then you'll make better informed decisions as to how to counter their counter, right? Um, and then, of course, like you know, if you lose, don't don't beat yourself up, you know, because uh, you can compete again, right? And so, like, I know here I live um, in the Los Angeles area, and like there are um, like always like jujitsu tournaments you know it's like almost every weekend if not actually not probably almost it probably is every weekend you know the, from more well-known ones to small ones and stuff like some there are many like even um uh in-house tournaments so you can go compete at someone's gym and all that uh yeah hinomaru hinomaru sumo is a sumo anime it's pretty good clips all over youtube all right okay cool yeah I'll definitely check that one out then if that one if you think that one's uh pretty good and then especially if they have some really cool animation of the moves you can totally do some breakdowns on that and and we'll definitely like 
uh, anything that can like really blend into like the catch wrestling, yeah, definitely we will break it down. Cool. All right. So hopefully you learned a lot and and uh, you know let me know what you think of the the three main points that that I I I put my thinking cap on and meditated in a cave and. This is what I what I came up with, <laughs> and I, I didn't quite do that, but I thought about it for a little while. So, if there's any other uh, points uh, from Sumo that uh, inspire you, you know, or that you think maybe can help others become better at grappling, uh, you know, go ahead and put in the comments. Let me know. Um, so it'd be great to hear what you think. Um, let me see. Dumb username. The oldest footage of sumo is on YouTube as well. It's called Historical Sumo. We're not fat. Very interesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just a really cool style. So, yeah. And that kind of goes back to your point earlier where you mentioned, like, if they had more weight divisions and stuff, then you get a lot of people doing it. Posture and balance. Balance is important. If lose balance, it's very easy to capitalize for an opponent. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Thoughts on bone locks, use of slippery, use to use on a slippery opponent. Yeah, uh, when you're sweaty or whatever, uh, or in the Turkish wrestling and stuff like that, yeah, you have to find ways to uh, keep someone from slipping out. So uh, you have, you got to go accordingly, right? So quite often that's like the good thing about like some of these figure four holds and stuff like the, the double wrist lock and all that. Uh, sumo is a standing wrestling style. It's cool in itself. Yep, definitely. I'm sure a lot of judo was derived from sumo. Uh, potentially, yes, um, because sumo is older than judo. And I, I, this is one of the things I think is kind of like silly about like people who um, who comment. Like I see it on all different kinds of grappling, um, uh, like social media, or even on our videos or YouTube, whatever. Where it's like, say, if you show a throw, and maybe uh, it, it's like inevitable that someone will comment with the judo name for that technique and then they sometimes they they seem like to be uh, like really proud of their judo background thinking that their style is very old but it's actually not very old at all and so i really don't know why they they uh, you know they always they always have to comment because uh, the judo terminology in particular it's like their own thing and they they make all their students like have to learn it, but not all of us use it. And in sumo, they have their own terminology for so like the same takedown will have one name, and um, you know the judo name will be different. So it's like um, I don't know. It's like it's it uh, like I, I personally don't care if you know the the judo name for anything, right? And I'm not interested in learning the judo names. I'd rather learn the sumo names, really, actually, because uh, I enjoy sumo way more. Uh, real question. Has anyone created effective striking from the ground? 
Um, I'm not quite sure. You know, a lot of times it's like pin and and like ground and pound, really, right? Keep them in place so you can so you can beat them up. Or if you think of that one uh, UFC fight with Brock Lesnar versus uh, Frank Mir, he got him in the uh, we call him like stockade or sug hold, where he had his arm around the back of Brock had the arm around the back of Frank Mir's head and collected the far arm so that uh, Mir couldn't get out, and then he was just like punching his face like that. So. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different things. I don't think of wrestling and striking as as separate in terms of unarmed combat. No, and ideally if you can try to like not forget that. Like say if you if you do like MMA or something like that or what even the combat jiu-jitsu or the slap jiu-jitsu then um um uh yeah you're gonna have to not forget the whole part where it's like you can you can slap someone like to, if they're trying to put a hold on you or submission hold then uh sometimes you can hit your way out or you can knock them out right if you're controlling them All right. Okay, so hopefully, uh, you know, this is this was helpful. Maybe, hopefully, my inspiration that I get from watching sumo wrestling can help inspire you to uh, become a better athlete. Because um, one of the main things is the the mental aspect. So if you don't beat up yourself, if you lose, you know, if you just keep going out there and competing and building your foundational knowledge uh you'll 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 get better so i just keep at it all right so that's the the main goal where we try to help you you know, elevate your grappling and then together we keep real wrestling alive so thank you very very much for watching and listening and let me know if you have any ideas to for something you want to talk about next time i'm um, all ears all right thanks